so good to feel the presence of the Lord here powerfully today. And uh, I'm just thankful for that. But also, I want you to know that I don't live by feeling, but I live by what I know from the Word of God and from my own experience. Amen? Somebody said uh, one time that uh, people who are Pentecostal, Spirit-filled, are a little too wrapped up in experience. They talk so much about the experience that they've had with God. And uh, since experiences are so subjective, then it's not wise to put a lot of confidence in experiences. The reality is, is when you've had an encounter with God, when you've had an experience with God, it doesn't matter what anybody else says, you know what you know. Amen. And uh, we heard this week, we went to a, a conference, a number of the men from the church went to a powerful conference. We heard a little bit about uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus Christ, who had an encounter with an angel and was literally impregnated by the Holy Spirit. And uh, probably there were a lot of people who doubted her explanation of her pregnancy. I mean, how would you feel if uh, someone told you that they, that they were pregnant but they had never known a man and that it was from the Holy Spirit? But you could not take away from her her confidence in that experience because it was her experience. And if everybody else doubted it and everybody else questioned it, it didn't matter. She'd had that experience with God. I'm thankful for the experience that I've had with the Lord Jesus Christ and what He has done in my life. And I'm thankful that I have the Word to back it up. Praise the Lord. John chapter 2 and uh, verse 1 is the story of the beginning of miracles. Jesus' first miracle that was a part of his beginning of his ministry. Verse 1, it says, In the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. When they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus saith unto him, They have no wine. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. His mother saith unto the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. And there were set there six water pots of stone, after the manner of the purification or purifying of the Jews, containing two or three firkins apiece. Jesus saith unto them, Fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he saith unto them, Draw out now and bear unto the governor of the feast. And they bear it. When the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and knew not whence it was, but the servants which drew the water knew, the governor of the feast called the bridegroom and saith unto him, Every man at the beginning doth set forth good wine, and when men have well drunk, then that which is worse. But thou hast kept the good wine until now. This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee and manifested forth his glory and his disciples believed on him. I want to speak today something that I feel in my heart and by way of a title. Today I would like to call this the equation. The equation. Jesus, we thank you today for your word. And for the power of the declared or preached word of God, it's the preaching of the gospel that saves those that would believe. 
And we believe, Lord, that your word not only is instrumental in our initial experience with you, but it's instrumental in our experience with you as we go through ups and downs, as we go through uh, emotional turmoil, as we go through difficulties in life, that there's something about the preached word that keeps us on the right path, that keeps our mind right, keeps us from coming under the dominion and the power of sin. And I pray today that that would happen, that you would use your servant, Lord God, as a vessel today, that the preached word, Lord God, would affect our minds and our spirits. It would give us confidence in you, Lord Jesus. It would cause us to reassess our own actions and our own lifestyle and the things that we do and the way that we think so that we're in line with your word, so that we would in turn be in line with your favor and in line with your blessings and in line with your provision. We pray these things in your name, and we're asking, Lord God, that all the great things that you do in lives today, that you would receive all the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Hallelujah. If anybody believes that Jesus is a healer of all manner of diseases, I want you to put your Bible down and clap your hands. Say, thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Amen. You may be seated. My uh, oldest daughter is in the fourth grade now, fifth grade, I'm sorry, and uh, she is doing math that is becoming increasingly difficult, and um, sometimes I find myself being asked to, to help her with her homework, which is translation for do her homework, and, and the problem is is this stuff is complicated. Uh, it's algebra and kind of the beginnings of uh, what will become calculus. And uh, one of the things that's conceptually kind of hard to communicate to a child or a young person uh, is the idea of discovering the value of a variable in, in algebra. Uh, 3 plus x equals 6. And we say, what is the X? Well, at the beginning, it's pretty easy. Uh, you have to extrapolate from the solution and the part of the equation that you have, what is the missing variable in the equation. So you take the solution, you take the part that you know, and you come up with the variable. And as you start throwing in fractions and multiplication and division, and uh, elongate the problem further and further. It gets to the point where it's quite a challenge, and you have to remember the steps of the process of discovering the variable in the equation. And I'm talking to you today about an equation, not a mathematic equation, but uh, I would say maybe it would be the equation for God's blessing, the equation for God's favor, the equation for the miraculous to transpire and to happen in your life. The Bible says of Abraham that Abraham was strong in faith. In chapter number 4 of Romans, talks about the old patriarch Abraham. says, against hope he believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, 
giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was able also to perform. So we see here that Abraham has a promise from God that is part of the equation. That is one of the variables in the equation that's established. We have an equal sign and then we have the solution which was the performance of God's promise. But between the promise and the performance is an X, the variable. It says, I got a promise from God, and the solution that I want is a performance of His power because I believe God can do it. What is in the middle? What is the missing element? What is the missing variable to this equation? Because I'm not just talking about receiving one specific miracle in your life, but I'm talking about walking in God's favor. I'm talking about being able to live a life where you know that you don't have to worry about the things that every other neighbor on the street is stressed out about. Because you have a promise from God. In fact, you've got a lot of promises from God. Promises like, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed out begging for bread. Amen. Promises like, he shall provide or supply all of your need according to his riches in glory. There are promises about God's deliverance, promises about God's healings. The Bible is full of the promises of God. Anybody excited about that? The Bible promises that though weeping may endure for the night, if you have the promise of God on you, there's an equation that says joy is coming in the morning. The Bible says, here's a promise for you, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord will deliver them out of them all. There's a promise in the Word of God that says, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them. There's a promise in the Word of God that He hears this invisible Creator, this mighty, almighty God hears and answers prayer. Amen. Multitudes of promises, promises of the Holy Ghost, promises of God's provision, promises that God is going to take care of you. The Bible is full of promises. But many people fail to walk in the provision. They fail to walk in confidence. They fail to tap in to the promises of God because you've got to have the other variable in the equation to turn the promise of God into a performance of His power, to turn a promise into a display. And I want to tell you today, I for one am a young man. Praise God. I can't say that after July because I'll be 40 and I'm middle-aged then. I said, what are you talking about, 35 middle-aged? No, no, it's 40. Maybe we'll move it up to 45 here. 50. 50 is the new 40. But I'm a young man who says I refuse to live below the privileges that God wants me to live in. I'm not going to, because of ignorance of the variable in the equation, have the promises of God but never come up with the right solution of the performance of His power and the display of His anointing in my life. Amen. Praise God. I want to tell you that God has great things in store for you. God has great things in store for your family. God has an anointing in your life that will enable you to make a difference in other people's lives. An anointing that will spread down and bless your children. 
an anointing that can spread down and bless your grandchildren. Come on, somebody. An anointing that can impact your neighbors. In fact, God made a promise to the children of Israel, and that promise was through you all the nations of the earth will be blessed. I wonder if God's saying to somebody today that through you all of your classmates will be blessed. Through the promise that I give to you, all of your coworkers can be blessed. And through the promise that I've given to your life, all of your neighborhood can be blessed. I'm watching God do some things that are blowing my mind. I'm watching God arrange some things that are actually above and beyond my imagination. That's what the Bible says, that he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. Sometimes we're facing a situation and we come up with the answer in our mind. This will fix the situation. God, I need you to do this. But God has a plan that's different than our plan. In fact, even though we don't recognize it at first, eventually we'll recognize that not only is God's plan different from our plan, but it's ultimately profoundly superior to our plan. Because not only does it fix our immediate need, but it takes care of other people and impacts other lives and adjusts elements of our life. That's the problem. When you, when you, when you don't learn how to trust God, and you're operating on fickle faith, and you only know how to pray for what you need right now. You don't know how to trust God and say, God, I'm in your hands, and I'm believing that you got a plan, you got a purpose, and you're unfolding that purpose in my life. You're stressed out, you're nervous, and when you don't get the answer the way that you think that you ought to get the answer, then you can't believe God anymore for anything else. I want to tell you, your faith needs to grow up. Faith needs to stop being just a faith that's based on one thing that I need based on how I think it should unfold. And when it doesn't unfold the way I think it should unfold in the time frame that I think it should unfold, then I can't believe God anymore. I'm telling you right now that God's at work behind the scenes for those that believe. But I want God's promise. I want his purpose. I want his provision in my life. In uh, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, when he preached on the hillside, it's recorded in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, this uh, passage of Scripture that's very relevant to our lives of how we're supposed to live, kind of the mindset and the attitude and the actions that we're supposed to have to be a victorious Christian. Jesus was basically laying out the rules of the new kingdom that he was establishing, and it's called the Beatitudes or the Sermon on the Mount. Right in the middle of that, in uh, Matthew chapter number 6, some very, very important things are talked about uh, in, in this passage scripture. In this passage, first of all, Jesus Christ talks about things that believers in the new kingdom should do automatically. It says, when you pray, don't get on the street corner, do it for everybody to see, but pray like this. And then he gives the Lord's prayer, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us, so on and so forth. He shows them how to pray. When you pray, then he says, when ye give, this is the way you do it. Don't do it for men's applause. Don't do it on the street corner, wave it around and blow a trumpet. But do in secret, and the God that sees in secret will reward you openly. It also says when ye fast, fasting is to be a part of the new kingdom lifestyle. And when you fast, don't do it for men's applause or recognition, but do it in secret. And the God who sees in secret will reward you openly. Amen. 
Then Jesus Christ in that same passage in Matthew chapter 6 begins to talk about in our lives that we aren't supposed to be stressed out about things like finances, the rent, the mortgage, clothing, food. You're not supposed to worry about that. It says the lilies in the field don't toil and spin, but they're arrayed beautifully by their creator. He takes care of their clothes. Then it says this powerful statement that I think is the crowning statement of the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 6. It says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought of things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things shall be added unto you. Can I talk to you for just a couple minutes about this book right here? This book is the Bible. This is the book that you have to put faith and confidence in, in terms of how you're supposed to live your life. If this is how you seek the kingdom of God, this is how you find out the will of God is through the word of God. And when you live your life according to the word of God, amen, then your life begins to have blessing and favor upon it. There's too many people that think receiving the performance of God or God's deliverance, healing, and so on and so forth is about some magic formula of faith. That you have to have the exact right mindset and you have to kind of hold your mouth a certain way and when you pray and you have to say the exact right thing and, and then all of a sudden you can tap into a miracle. I want to tell you that how you get God's favor on your life uh, is to understand something powerful about this book. Uh, this book is part of the equation here right now. This book right here is part of the equation. This book right here is what will enable you to live a life of favor. But before I get ahead of myself, I'm going to come back to this book. But let me look at the story that we talked about in the book of John chapter 2. The story of the first miracle of Jesus Christ. There's two things that came together. And when you look at this equation, you've got promise plus X equals performance. God had given to Mary through the angel a promise of who Jesus was and what he was going to do. There was a need for a performance. But the X is not just one thing. See, I want to deal with this right now because some people believe that what goes in the X is believing. Believing. Promise plus believe equals performance. But I want to submit to you today that belief by itself will not fill out the variable. Mm -hmm. There has to be something. So this variable is two parts. Two things that create the mixing, missing variable to fulfill the equation. The first is believing. Everybody say believe. believe. Without believing, 
you're not going to receive anything from God. He that cometh to God must believe that he is, right? And that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And in this story, there is a shortage of wine. That's the need. The performance of God is meeting the need. But first of all, there had to be the believe part. Mary was the one that provided that. Mary believed in Jesus. She had never seen him do a miracle yet. She had never seen him display his power yet. However, she believed that Jesus was the Son of God. Amen. She'd been visited by shepherds. She had received, amen, a vision from God through an angel. The wise men came to the east to see the baby. Little Jesus said, I must be about my father's business. She knew that Jesus had power to do it. She provided the believing. Jesus, you can do it. And according to your faith, be it unto you. But the second part is, everybody ready? Obedience. Obedience. Mm -hmm. Because Mary said, whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. Praise God. Amen. Wasn't it enough just to believe? Mary provided the belief. Well, there's got to be something done that displays that there is belief. In Hebrews chapter 11, the great faith chapter, it talks about all of these powerful men of faith. But almost always it says, by faith they did something. And a lot of times it was something kind of unique or weird or different. Right? By faith Noah built an ark for the saving of his family. His family was saved because he believed And by believing, he did something. I want to tell you today that it's not enough just to say or affirm in your mind that you believe. That belief has to produce some action in you. I know this is not very profound. It's not very deep. But it is the heart and core of living for God. This is what it, it, you've got to understand this in order to be victorious in the kingdom of God. There are way too many people that think because they affirm in their mind the reality of Jesus Christ, the fact that He exists, and the fact that there's truth in the Bible, that somehow that's going to translate into God's favor and blessing on their life. But I want to tell you, until your faith reaches a point uh, that you will operate in obedience, uh, you will be just a believer, but you won't see the performance uh, of God's favor and blessing in your life. Abraham believed, and by faith, he left. We read it last week. He left his homeland. He left his family, went to find a city that had foundation, whose builder and maker was God. Abraham said, God is calling me. God is calling me away from the norm, away from the familiar, away from my family's wealth, away from my family religion, away from everything that's familiar to me. God is calling me. The Bible says it wasn't enough for him to sit there and believe that there's one God and to believe that those uh, idols were bogus and that it wasn't right to worship uh, uh, graven images. Somehow, at some point, uh, he had to step out and operate in faith and do what God told him to do do God said leave and the great miracle the great miracle 
Jesus' first miracles required somebody that would believe, somebody that would produce obedience. Because let me just make it plain to you. The X that goes in, the variable, it's called faith. But faith has been confused with just believing. Faith without obedience is not faith. Faith that doesn't produce a change in your life so that you submit and surrender to God's will for your life, it's not faith. It's just believing. you got to get this point right now. I'm telling you, there's a lot of people in the world that call themselves Christians, and they are believers, but they don't allow themselves to submit to the Word of God and to live their life according to the Word of God. So what is that? That's somebody who doesn't understand the full equation here. I can't just put belief in there. I can't just affirm and say, yeah, I'm a Christian. I believe Jesus Christ died on the cross. The Bible, the Word of God is our instruction. Abraham didn't have a Bible. His Bible was leave the land where you are and go. That was the Bible to Abraham because there was no written word. Abraham said, I believe this book. I have confidence in this book, even though this book is nothing but a word from God. And he stepped out and he obeyed. I want to tell you today, the Bible is letting me know and you know that God's favor and blessing and performance in your life is about taking the promises of God and with it adding faith which is believing and obeying. Many of the great miracles in the Bible that I read about have these two things coming together. The Lord told, or Elisha told, the person that uh, the mill was gone, or, 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 or they just had a little cruise of oil. He said to go borrow vessels. And when they went and borrowed vessels, they made room for a miracle. It wasn't enough just to believe. They had to do something. Come on now. Elijah told Naaman, go wash in the Jordan River seven times. It isn't enough just to believe. You need to act on what God says to you. John chapter 9 and verse 7, there was mud put on the eyes. And Jesus said, you go wash in the pool of Siloam. Amen. Joshua, I'm going to give you the city. But the people need to march around seven times. For seven days, one time of peace, or six days on the seventh day, seven times. Then I'm given the miracle. I know this is real simple, but I want to remind you today that by acting on what God tells you to do, you put yourself in line for a miracle. You put yourself in line for God's provision. You put yourself in line for God's deliverance. I see so many people in the world who don't see the need for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. All you have to do is believe, and you shall be saved, they say. Misappropriating passages of Scripture, not reading the full counsel of the Word of God. I'm a believer. I'm a Christian. I shook the preacher's hand. I signed the card. I want to be a Christian. I even repeated the prayer after him. I believe. But the Bible makes it plain that you have to be born again, born of the water and the Spirit. So here's the point I want to make. They said, I did this. There's a promise from God that he was going to change my life. I did this, and there's no performance in my I'm still struggling with this. I still have this issue in my life. I haven't seen the performance of God's power. I want to tell you that the missing X is not just to believe, but to believe and to obey. 
to put in action what God is speaking to you about. God says build an ark. What is an ark? It's a big boat. Okay, so I go build it by the ocean? No, build it in your yard. An ark in my yard? There's no water around here. It doesn't make sense. Here's the, you got to get this point. He didn't really believe God till he started putting wood together. Then he really believed God. Well, I believe that's a voice. I believe God has a purpose for my life. I believe there's something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Show me your faith. Without your works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. What is he saying? I'm showing you that I believe because of what I'm doing. If I don't do anything, it's just lip service. But when he started gathering wood together and got his kids out there and said, come on, we need to get some tar and some pitch. We need to start putting this thing together. You know what? Real faith was being put in to the equation. And I want to tell you that if you want God's favor and blessing on your life, you've got to say this word right here is what I'm going to live my life after. I'm going to obey this word. I'm going to surrender and submit to this word. I'm going to follow this word all the days of my life. Hallelujah. And uh, Sister Hanny had a great testimony today. And I've, I've had people tell me before, ask me, and say, will you pray, for, pray with me that God would bless my finances, that God would meet a need, a financial need in my life. And... Uh, you know, I'm not a confrontational person, and I'm really nice. And sometimes I don't say anything, but in my mind I'm thinking, how can I pray for God to do a financial miracle in your life when the Bible is clear, this is how you get God's favor on your finances, but you're not doing it. Are you guys with me? Because, see, this is the deal. It's, it's, it's one thing to stand up and say, I believe this, 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 this. But when... You turn around, in this example, we have a lot of examples, but in this example, you turn around and say, I believe the Word of God so much that I'm not just going to call myself a believer, but I'm going to do what it actually says, believing that God is going to meet all my needs. Everybody say, real faith. That's real. That's going beyond belief, and that's putting it together. That's saying, I believe, and since I believe, I'm going to do what the Bible instructs and tells me to do. Praise the Lord. Amen. Bless my wallet. I can't bless your wallet. It's cursed because of your conduct. It's cursed because of your disobedience. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. But when you just simply obey... I don't understand how it works. Man, come on. The things, how, how many of you think Noah understood what was going to happen when he started putting wood together? Noah had never seen a rainstorm before. It had never rained. The Bible says, God, what are you going to do? How are you going to do this? This makes about as much sense as fill in the blank with anything as crazy as you can imagine. This makes about as much sense. I'm struggling financially. I can barely pay my bills. I got creditors breathing down my neck, and the first thing I would do is begin to pay my tithe. That doesn't make any, can we all admit that that doesn't make any sense? That, does, that doesn't make any sense. I can barely pay my mortgage. I, I, I'm having to eat Raymond noodles as it is. Come on, somebody. I have Taco Bell six times a week. The $2 special. Come on, somebody. And the preacher says, 
that if I'm going to get God's favor, the one that owns the cow. See, here's the deal. Somewhere you got to step into really believing that the Bible is true. When your faith staggers, you say, no, I'm like Abraham. He believed the promise of God. He was strong in faith. Wavering not in his faith. Believing that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. Come on, somebody. I feel faith in my spirit right now because there's some people right here. You need to start believing that God's going to do what he promised he would do. Let me just say what I feel in my spirit right now. I feel in my spirit right now that somebody needs to take hold of faith again to believe that God is going to save your child. Is what I feel in the Holy Ghost right now. God's speaking a word to somebody. You have dropped your faith. You've dropped your confidence in God. I'm telling you that God can and that God will. And somewhere you can step up and begin to walk and operate and live in faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's praise him right now. I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. feel the Spirit of God moving right now. Come on, praise him right now. I feel the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I feel faith starting to rise in the place. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. What God has promised. He's able to perform. But there's got to be faith that operates in your life, not as a temporary little fix. Not as something where it's just like, oh, man, you know what? Um, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. The preacher just preached my favorite sermon. The singer just sang my favorite song. I believe, I believe, I believe, and check me out. I got my head in the hair and in the air and my square is jaw. Oh man, never mind. Hallelujah. Faith in a feeling. Come on, somebody. I used to think faith was a feeling, and when I felt really good, I felt like I had a lot of faith. Faith is a conduct. I believe God so much that I come to church, even though I came six times, it didn't feel a thing. I still come to church, amen? You know why? Because the Bible lets me know that if I'm faithful to God, he's faithful to me. That's faith. That's faith that's grown up. Let me tell you, when I started pastoring this church, I was a young man. I was a young man, and I've grown up a little bit. There's one thing that I've learned is that God's at work whether I see it or not. God's at work whether I feel like he's working on me or not. If I learn to trust God and have confidence and faith in Him, it's not about having the right emotion or the right mindset. Believing definitely is part of it. I want to tell you, the big part of the equation is my life is being lived in a way that displays to me, to anybody else, to God and to the world, that I'm a believer. This is my life. This is what I do. When I wake up in the morning, I'm a Jesus person. When I go to school or work, I'm a Jesus person. When I go to bed at night, I'm a Jesus person. When I interact with my family, I'm a Jesus person. Seeking first. Hallelujah. 
on now. Hallelujah. I'm telling you right now, God's getting ready to fill a lot of people with the Holy Ghost in this church. We're getting ready to go into a season where people are going to receive the Holy Spirit in Life Church every weekend. Verdad. Amen. In this place, people are going to be delivered from alcoholism, from drug addiction, from sexual perversion. It's going to be a work of the Spirit, and God's going to do it in this place. Let me tell you what I feel right now. There's going to be people operating in faith so much at Life Church. I'm not talking about being on the top of the world mood-wise and all happy and clappy, but I'm talking about living a life of faith. Praying because they believe that God answers prayer. Hey, guess what? You only believe the parts of the Bible that you do. If you don't pray, you don't believe prayer works. But when you're praying, you are testifying to the fact, I believe in the power of prayer. I believe God hears me when I call upon Him. I believe that mountains can be moved through my faith when I pray. That's why I'm saying it's not enough to sit around and say, I believe prayer works. When you start praying, you are displaying that you believe that prayer works. Faith isn't just a feeling. Faith is a conduct. A life of faith. Oh, God, I feel it right now. Hallelujah. I feel like there is going to be an abiding power and a presence of the kingdom that when people walk into the doors of this church, before they even find their seat, tears are going to start flowing down the face of those that come in here with marriage problems and before the singer starts singing and before the preacher starts preaching. Come on, somebody. Those that come in here with an addiction that has them so wrapped up, they start feeling liberty when they walk through the doors of the house. I'm telling you right now that when God's people operate and live in faith, it changes the environment and nothing is impossible. Nothing. Nothing. I just, I'm going to go ahead and spill the beans, all right? I'm going to tell you what's happening, what God's doing, what God's getting ready to do. Many of you know that uh, Brother Chris likes to evangelize and go out and invite people to church and share the gospel with them. And uh, he saw an opportunity to do that in Monrovia at the park. While he was out there ministering, reaching out to young people there, he met Brother Ulysses, didn't know him from Adam. Brother Ulysses happened to be the one that was in charge of the event that was happening out there. Long story short, Brother Ulysses is a member of Life Church today. <laughs> but the rest of the story is God has opened a door of ministry, a, a wide and effectual door of ministry to many people in Monrovia who are needy. They need the gospel. They need God. They need the Holy Spirit. They need a life change. God has opened the door. God has also forged through all of these things a relationship with myself and Brother Ulysses and the CEO of the YMCA who just told me this last week, two weeks ago, that we could lease out a building on the Y property for only $1,000 a month to have worship services in that's more than twice the size. Of the building we're in.
So by God's grace and favor, on Easter Sunday, we're not going to have church here. We're going to have church in Monrovia. Well, Pastor Brown, when are we going to build this, begin this building program? I don't know, whenever God says go. When are we going to start? When are we going to move? We're full. Whenever God says go. 21 days fasting and prayer. In the prayer room, God says go. It's time to go. Until he says go, I'm not going. When God says go, we're going. I'm going to tell you that God's working behind the scenes. But I prayed and an answer didn't come. Keep praying. Because as long as you're praying, you're believing. When you stop praying, it's an indication you've stopped believing. The Bible says, knock and the door will be opened unto you. Seek and ye shall find. Ask and ye shall receive. Come on, I'm challenging your faith today. Because God wants to do miracles in your life. And I'm not talking about a little temporary miracle make you feel good for a few minutes. I'm talking about changing your destiny. You can walk in faith. You can quit worrying about what you've been worrying about. <laughs> when you reach that point where you say, I'm following the book, you don't have to worry like everybody else. I'm living for the book. You can start. You know, I can tell your faith is getting to that point when you start living like the lily in the field. I don't know where the sunshine's coming, but God's going to take care of it. I don't know where the rain's going to fall, but God's going to take care of it. I don't know what I'm going to wear, but God, God can take care of it. That's living in faith. Living and walking by faith. The supernatural. And the miraculous begins to operate in your life through the book. So let me tell you the, 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 the variable. The variable is you got to live this book. Not enough to just read the book. You got to live the book. When you start to live the book, you start to operate in God's favor. You start to uh, 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 have dominion and authority. As you've already got promises on your life, all you need to do is step in and start living the book. And you start living the book, and the equal sign is going to produce God's favor and provision. Come on. Live the book because you believe the book. Live the book because you trust the book. Don't you understand what I'm saying? When you're living the book, you are displaying, I believe the book. Until you live the book, you can say you believe the book. Just make, make it plain for you. Abraham, this is God, the one true God. I'm not an idol. I'm an invisible God. I'm going to give you promises. I'm going to bless you. Leave your home. Leave your native religion. Leave idolatry. Go where I'm calling you. I'm speaking to you. I'm dealing with you. Leave, and I'll give you a city that hath foundation, that's builder, maker's God. I'm going to bless your progenity. I heard the word of God. I believe the word of God. Abraham did not believe the word of God truly until he set out on his journey. And when he set out on his journey, when he began to make way to set out on the journey in obedience to God, 
that's when it became more than just a belief and became faith. Because when you put action, when you put action, when you put conduct, when you put lifestyle together with your belief, oh God, God's favor and provision and blessing. Hallelujah. The Bible says it this way. They said, men and brethren, what shall we do? We feel convicted. We know there needs to be a change in our life. We're dealing with stuff. We don't know how to deal with it. What should we do? Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. These people who were pricked and believed the message of the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus didn't get their miracle until they did what the apostles said and repented and were baptized in Jesus' name and tapped into the promise of God. I want to remind you today, hallelujah, hallelujah, that it's not enough just to affirm and believe in your mind. Somewhere along the way, You've got to say, this book is my life. When God speaks to me, when God deals with me, when the Holy Spirit whispers in my ear, I'm going to do what God says. Whether it makes sense or it doesn't make sense. Whether I understand it or I don't understand it. It's not a matter of me having it all figured out. Come on now. Seven times in a muddy river? That doesn't make any sense. I've never heard of muddy water washing away leprosy before. But the prophet said, this is the word of God. Go dip seven times and you'll be healed. He walked away and started heading back home, rejecting what God had told him through the prophet to do. But then the smart little servant said, all he asked you to do was seven times in the muddy river. All he asked you to do was to respond. If you'll do what he said... If it doesn't work, only thing that's wrong is you got muddy and wet. But if it does work, can you imagine the risk and the reward? It's a pretty small risk for a pretty big reward. That's the deal with obeying God. Amen. Come on. Do I have some witnesses in the house here today? That when you live for God, when you obey God, when you walk with God, when you give Him your life completely, when you say, okay, I've been... I've been playing this card game real cautious. I've been putting in a few dollars here and a few dollars there based on my hand. But guess what? I believe, sorry about the reference here, but I believe I have found the way. I believe I've heard the answer. I believe this is what will change my life. So I'm not putting a few dollars in. I'm not going to put even a third in. But I'm taking everything and I'm putting it into the middle. And saying, I believe the word of God. I believe the plan of Jesus Christ. I'm living my life hook, line, and sinker. Whole and completely. I'm going to follow Jesus Christ. Here comes favor. Here comes blessing. Here comes provision. Let's stand to our feet right now. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Guess what we're going to do now? We're going to pray.
You know why? Because God's going to respond to somebody's prayer. Amen. Because the word of God is a seed that has power to produce supernatural harvest. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. The word that's been preached today is a word to produce a change in your life. This is what God told me to speak. And I'm speaking it to your life. And it's your responsibility now to either embrace the word, to receive the word, and to let it begin to produce multifold in your life. Or you can choose to reject the word. You can choose to turn it off. You can, it, it's up to you. You can choose to say, I would rather just be a believer than a liver. Or, or as, the, as the, the apostle said, maybe you could say, I would rather just be a hearer of the word rather than a doer of the word. Because the change doesn't come through the hearing. The change comes through the doing. The word of God is a mirror. The power of the mirror doesn't change you because you look in it. The power of the mirror changes you because you look and do something. Right now the word of God is coming down and, and God's speaking to some people in this place. God's speaking above and beyond what has come out of my mouth. The word of God is speaking right now. The spirit of God is speaking. I want you to close your eyes right now. Hallelujah. I want the gifts of the spirit to operate right now. I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. We need to wait on God just for a moment here right now. I feel the spirit lingering here. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Holy God of Israel that I worship with my whole life, I am asking you right now to confirm your word. To speak, Lord Jesus, where I cannot speak. To move, Lord Jesus, what I cannot move. To speak to the hearts of people in the valley of decision. Wondering, Lord God, what the word means and what you have for them. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray that you would stir their heart, Lord, so that they might respond and hear the word of the Lord. Behold, I am speaking to you. Behold, I have stopped you on your journey. I have stopped and you see and you hear. I'm calling to you today. I'm asking, will you respond? Will something change? 
will your heart respond and your actions respond? I'm calling to you today. I'm speaking to you today. Will you open your heart? Will you let it happen? I'm ready. Are you? I want us to pray together right now. I want you to take the hand of the person near you and let's come up to the front. Let's gather up here as close as possible. But I want you to remain sensitive to what God's doing as you make this journey to the front here. Let me tell you what I feel in the Holy Ghost right now. God wants to do something that's more than surface, that's more than emotions. He wants to go down deep. He wants to go down deep and adjust some conduct, adjust some attitudes, adjust some mindsets about, about the world, about life, about living for Jesus. And it's going to be an act of the Spirit right now. Join hands and pray together because we're going to make ourselves sensitive to the Holy Ghost right now. Breathe, Holy One. Breathe, Holy One. Come on, just pray right now and open your heart to Jesus. Hallelujah. Kokoshava fobobositro kroshatra fobosanda. I want you to find somebody to pray with right now because something's getting ready to break in the environment and the atmosphere. And there are some people that don't even know what's going on that are getting ready to get touched in the breaking that happens just now. He open my heart to respond to you, Lord Jesus. Open my heart to respond to the moving of your spirit.
want somebody just inches away from an encounter with God. Just close your eyes. The Holy Ghost is moving right through here. Hallelujah. I want you men that went to the conference with us, I want you to move around and begin to lay hands on people. Other men of God that weren't able to go to the conference, I want you to help us go around and lay hands on people. Spirit-filled ladies of God, ladies of God, ladies of prayer, I want you to help us right now because there's something getting ready to break in this house, something that's going to get ready to break that's going to do a deep work, that's going to purge some unforgiveness and some hurt. In the name of Jesus, Shatalala Karosati Alababushas. Jesus, work. Have your way, Holy One. Lift up your hands right now. God will fill you. If you need to be refilled with the Holy Ghost, lift up your hands right now. There's a flood of anointing breaking loose right now in Jesus' name. Come on, lift up your hands. Begin to speak in that heavenly tongue. Come on, God's anointed you to work in the Spirit. Pray a word of faith over them. Pray them through.
want us to do something right now amen and I feel that if we are going forward in this amen the one family and the one person who's going to be attacked the most amen is our pastor and we have got to come together as the body of Christ and as the church of the living God to uphold the arms of our pastor to uphold the arms of his family to uphold the arms of the ministry because if you think you're going through hell you multiply that by a hundred times fold because the man of God is fighting some things but in order for us to continue we have got to A, honor the man of God and B, uphold the man of God and C, pray for the man of God the family of God I want them to come right now in the middle they haven't asked me to do this I want them to come in the middle right now and I want for Life Church to bind together, amen, and to pray, hallelujah, for God's 
favor upon the family. I want the girls to come here too. Hallelujah. Because we are going to march forward together. And when you think about the things that try to get, hallelujah, within the family, we have got to hold on. Hallelujah. And we've got to believe in the name of Jesus. I pray that you would protect. I pray that you would heal. I pray that you would give strength and favor and your word and your anointing upon our pastor and his wife and his family and his home and his finances and the word. God, that you would protect them, that you would put angels around them, that you would guard them. Lord, as we move forward, things are going to try to come against us as fiery darts and we're going to be fighting spiritual wickedness in high places but we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against powers and principalities Lord and we are going to stand together we are going to stand united and we are going to march forward holding hands holding on and holding up the hands of the ministry so that we can be led by you and you can make the way where there is no way where you can make the path where there is no path and as we step into the river and the rivers have not parted we are going to trust you we are going to believe in you because you will make the way God protect anoint and keep our pastors and the family Jesus, let us uphold them. Let us provide, God, love, encouragement, and strength. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's not going to happen by accident, church. It's going to happen by divine appointment. And when we come together as a book of Acts church in one mind and in one accord, that's when the Spirit of God can operate and move upon us and through us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We have got to hold on. We have got to believe. Hallelujah. Oh, in the name of Jesus, let it be done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, let the strength, hallelujah, get renewed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is not their battle. This is our battle, hallelujah. And this is not their victory. This is our victory. If you believe it, if you believe it, I pray that your faith will not fail you not, but you will match, hallelujah, your faith with your actions. Because my word says, hallelujah, the word of God says that faith without works is dead. And it's time to revive some things in our life if your faith has been dead if your dream in God has been dead it's time to revive that in the name of Jesus hallelujah oh mighty God hallelujah hallelujah oh mighty Jesus hallelujah hallelujah God does not he does not do things by accident and we as the people of God should not just wander and hope things happen. 
we have got to be strategic in our prayers, strategic in our fasting, strategic in listening to the voice of God. Hallelujah. And following and being obedient to the work of God and to the ministry of God. And as the church, we move forward in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The people of Israel didn't march. Hallelujah. And they didn't go without the direction of Moses. Hallelujah. They knew that they had to follow the direction of their leader. Amen. And they knew that they could not step on some places they could not step in because the favor of God is dependent on our obedience to him. Hallelujah. And I pray as we march forward and as things begin to change and as God begins to operate that we say this is not about me. It's about the church of the Most High God. Hallelujah. And moving in places that we've never been before. Hallelujah. Amen. Unless pastor has anything to add, I want us to close in prayer and believe. Amen. I want, I want us to close in prayer and believe. Amen. And, and if you're here for the first time, we thank you for being with us and don't forget to get your free gift amen as you walk out and life church don't don't forget to give the free gift of a smile and a handshake praise God those are free and some are better than others but they're all free but I want us to believe and to continue on we have church prayer on Thursday we have life groups throughout the week but we're not going to stop being apostolic just because the fast is over doesn't mean amen that I don't fast amen forward before God just because the program is still not in place doesn't mean I revert back but God has created a new thing within me in the name of Jesus keep your hand upon us Lord keep Lord your spirit within us God let your word provide light God in our path let it illuminate where we're going Jesus and Lord like you did for the woman who provided a cake for the prophet God and you provided enough meal for that day that's what's going to happen to some of us hallelujah you're going to provide for just that moment but we're going to believe you that it shall be multiplied it shall be done again because we're walking in your will God let us continue to march forward let us continue God to hold on to the word that we heard today Today. God, and don't let us just be hearers, but doers of your word. And I pray miracle signs and wonders, hallelujah, for them that will follow them, that believe and to operate and obey, God. Lord, let us understand that obedience is more important than sacrifice. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray, let our lives be forever changed. Amen and amen. If you believe it, let the last thing we do hallelujah together let it be a glory hallelujah uh, an exaltment hallelujah let it be a praise and an act of worship to the most high god thank you jesus thank you lord hallelujah god bless you amen you go in peace amen in the precious name of jesus